From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling and Matt Doan as usual. Hi, Matt. Hello. Oh, you sound nice. Thank you. We have someone with us today, don't we? We do. We have a third member of the podcast room. I'm very excited about the this. The Trinity is complete. Oh! I am here. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> that is Doug Brown. If you don't know him, you should. He is incredible. Uh, Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be here. So you preached as, pro- as promised. I said I would be here, so I'm here. You did tell the people. You did tell the people. <laughs> I uh, avoided Calvary Church this Sunday mainly because you were going to be preaching. So I was looking forward to not being around for that. And I think I made the right choice. I think you did. Wow. Just kidding. I was I was scanning the audience, hoping that you would run in from the back doors like some kind of movie or something. There's Eric. I do love you. <laughs> where, where were you? I was actually in Colorado. So I was at a gem wow. board retreat. Oh, I thought you were going to say a John Denver concert. Because <laughs> mm, his name's Denver, so he has to always be in Denver. Well, no. Haven't you heard? Like Rocky Mountain High. Isn't that funny? Is that a fake name? It's a fake name, That's right? got to be a fake his, name. His real name is like Russell Steinkoss or something. <laughs> Sorry, I don't even know what to do at this point. <laughs> So you guys, I know you guys that listen to this, you know this, uh, cause we talk about it often, but Doug said to us just a couple minutes ago before we hit record and he was like, wait, aren't we going to talk about what we're going to talk about at all? And we just were like, no, we don't. We don't I, do I didn't even get an option. Eric no. just smashed the record button right as soon as I asked. Henry that. John Duschendorf Jr. You just looked this up? Yeah. John Denver's real name. Henry John Where was he born? Duschendorf. Where was he born? I hope it was Colorado. Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, that's so that's so funny. You would not think that he's from New Mexico. I wonder if like that was just a whole persona that got created for him by like a producer. I'm sure. You know, isn't that crazy? That's like Jamie Foxx. That's not his real name. Yeah. No, what? Tom Cruise, not his real name. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's like that. Kruzinski or, oh, okay. or like 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 Krushevich, like Jason Krushevich. Yeah. Uh, but it was like uh, they're like, yeah, you can't have a Polish last name and be famous. Jason Krushevich is so much like Tom Cruise. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, everyone that I promised that we were going to talk about miracles on this podcast is yeah. at this point disappointed. So I promise we're going to get there. So far, you've gotten it's... John Denver's real name. You've gotten yeah. the fact that we don't prepare. Yeah. I think you got the flavor of the podcast so far. <laughs> we're we're not even three minutes in, you guys. This is an acceptable amount of banter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we normally do about 20 minutes of banter <laughs> about whatever. Like, hey, what'd you do for for Mother's Day, man? Well, we didn't even ask you what were you doing in Denver. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Colorado. I'm on the board of Greater Europe Mission, a missions agency to reach Europe for Christ. And I was on a board retreat with them. So mm-hmm. hanging out with uh, the rest of the board, discussing some big big topics related to the vision of the agency. Tell us one thing right now that you should totally not tell us about the vision <laughs> of Greater Europe Mission. I mean, uh, yeah, sneak yeah, exactly. peek. Just a super sneak peek into, it's just like back of page here. They're planning to reach Europe. That's <laughs> even greater. I'll, I'll say something that we can discuss this real quick. Okay. Oh, this is yeah. a side oh, topic. Wow. We will have timestamps on this. So if you're super bored, you can look in your thing and just <laughs> skip ahead to the part where we talked about philosophy, which actually would, will be the boring part. So uh, 
let me play let me play the let me play the Wilford Brimley uh, role once again. How do you fast forward on a timestamp? I don't get it. Fast forward. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anything that you just said, that you said was is accurate. Right. Yeah. You're the most I think I replaced Dave Mitchell, but you replaced him in his like personality and skill set with technology here at Calvary Church. Um, by the way, he was terrible with that kind of stuff. Um, so you've never looked at the timestamps. We've talked about the timestamps so many times on this podcast. I get timestamps. Yeah. So you. Just, how do you get there? I think they're on the bottom. You can just click through. Yes, on the the show like title page or whatever on your whatever like whatever. You f- click on the timestamp and it goes right there. Yeah, yeah, it just goes right to that. This spot. is your homework Whoa. this week, Matt. When it says timestamp twenty colon thirty five because right. it's at the twenty minute thirty five second point, mm-hmm. you just push that and it goes right there and starts. Whoa! You just saved yourself so much time. I would not be listening to half this podcast <laughs> if I knew that ahead of time. We have talked about timestamps so many times on this podcast, and he has had no idea what we're talking about. Did you think it was like, oh, like so you ha- thought you had to like scroll it over? I thought it was just FYI, like hey, like, by the way, at forty two minutes they talk about <laughs> breakfast cereal. Yeah, they talk about Eric's it's Christmas like- lights again. <laughs> Shocker. It's like chapters in like a book. You know how you can skip to a yeah. chapter? Yeah, like that. <laughs> Sorry. Everything's, everything's funny right now. Okay. We do get a little so, kind of no. when we have a third person in here. <laughs> so, sorry. What's the behind the scenes? All right, here's one, here I'll give you one quote that's like kind of interesting, I think, Ooh, or okay. one thing that we're going to talk. So, we have been a missionary-centric organization, but we need to become a mission-centric organization. Oh, that's mm. a that's a, that interesting? actually a huge distinction there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And they will still have missionaries. Yeah. However, it's not a, like a lot of times what happens in these big orgs is it becomes about the missionaries. Right. And it's all like about care and it's all about them, but yeah. it needs to be about what are they there to do? Why are they there? And you, th- yeah. you then very much need to care for them along the way and develop. Yeah. But also the mission can be accomplished by a lot of different types of people missionaries included yeah, Isn't it, yeah. What do, what do you i think even, that's really interesting yeah. Yeah. what do you even say the same in the local church right calvary 100%, yes. it can yeah. be easy to focus on us as members and our comfort and our needs yep. versus the mission of calvary yeah yeah i feel like that would ex- expand a lot of what you're capable of doing if you focus more on yep. the mission obviously it's always been about the mission but if mm-hmm. you're if you're overly focused on missionaries, yeah, there's a lot of logistics that go into getting missionaries somewhere and then yeah. back and yeah. well rested and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's a lot of hard work, but yeah, and any, that's interesting. Any like company even is like wants to take care of their sort of employees, quote unquote employees, well, right? Yeah. Like it's different a little bit with a missions agency, but like. Right. You know, it's also shouldn't just be all about even the places that take care of their employees best, like if they're in and out or something, right? They talk about that like a lot, yeah. right? They pay yeah. them well, they do this. And so that results in good service to their customers. But yeah. it's like that service is what ultimately matters, not yeah. just the, yeah. yeah. Well, it's inward versus outward. Yeah, totally. So anyway, that's good. Well, that's that's I'm glad you asked Whoa. that question, Doug. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's, let's tweet about it right now. I already did. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I'm fire on Twitter, you guys. I'm just causing controversies, bring, bringing down people that are corrupt. What? I don't know. What? Speak truth to power, Twitter. That's what it's about. Speak truth. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, so Doug Brown spoke yesterday, and mm-hmm. it was a unique kind of day. It was. It was a very. It was a. It was a philosophical day, as we might say. <laughs> You, it's interesting. You called yourself a philosopher. Well, that's a, there's that's debate a there because about, yeah. how, when do you call yourself a philosopher? 
and your definition was thinking hard about think, something thinking very yeah. hard about something i yeah. think that i can't think of a better definition if you just think really hard about something you're philosophizing <laughs> do you think that it's like you could it's like you need to specify sort of the subgenre so like yeah, okay. i'm a u2 philosopher maybe i think you're definitely a u2 philosopher yeah i think very hard about these things <laughs> about um, i almost i tried to name a band member and i couldn't besides bono uh, what's the Larry Bro. Mullen Jr. Oh, that's the oh, drummer. Good job. Good. You you, know, like you think hard about Larry Mullen Jr. I, I mean, I know a lot about Larry Mullen Jr. That's the yeah, that's, you know the edge. Plays. I don't know the bass player. Adam Clayton, Adam bass player. Clayton. Okay, everyone always forgets <laughs> bass players. Adam Clayton. <laughs> yeah. So you're a U2 philosopher. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I think that's that works. And you know, you like you are a philosopher of religion and Christianity. Yes. I mean, actually, my yeah, actual that was degree your... <laughs> religion and ethics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, it, that just brought up a thought when you said you said yeah. I don't know what the rival of Biola is. Maybe it's Vanguard. Oh, I know. I like that. that I did. Yeah. What, what like is the rival? Like, how, do you, how do you not know that? I know. I don't know. I went to grad school there. We yeah, were rivaling. About, okay, I guess that is a little different. What is the rival of Biola? Like a one, two, three, Westmont. APU, yeah. Westmont, APU, and Westmont. But they're so his, far away historically because CBU was irrelevant back then. Oh, now it's like in sports wise, CBU has kind of way like better jumped over Biola. Oh, yeah. And then I don't think Biola even thinks about Vanguard <laughs> or Concordia. So every you know, they just are every year in basketball, yeah. Biola would play like Westmont AP and be like huge rivalry. All the kids are there yeah. and they would they would chant beat. Biola, beat, beat, Biola. And then the Biola kids would think this was really creative. They'd be like, yeah. eat granola, eat, eat granola. <laughs> I did it. I did it with you without Is even that playing. really a thing? Is that yes. still happen? I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're like in wow. chorus right now, man. <laughs> What's happening? That's amazing. Eat granola? Yeah, because it's like Why? Santa Barbara is kind of hippie oh, vibe okay, up there. Okay, See, okay. this stuff would have been funny in the 90s. It's just not funny yeah, now. Yeah, no. Eat granola? Eat, eat granola. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's dying from that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, West might be you. But it's funny, too, like all the Vanguard people on staff. We do have some more Vanguard people yeah. on staff now. Yeah. And they just get all like, oh, we're good and we're better than Biola or we're as I mean, good as you. I mean, it's such a small school, and right? I know. It's just... Not even in the realm of our thinking. We don't care about them. And that's like kind of the ultimate burn, right? It's like you don't even think about you yeah. don't even think about them as an arrival. It's the opposite of philosophy. We don't think hard about them. You do not philosophize All right, about so them. So a couple other things. A couple other things is like kind of intros to the to Doug's presence. Um <laughs> You did have a nice all-black outfit. I yeah. noticed that What'd immediately. You think of that? Thank I, you. I was uh, very excited about it. Um, we'll talk a little bit later about. Um, I toyed with the idea Matt. of going all white, <laughs> of all white. You know, just like the good versus evil on stage, just <sighs> full early '90s cheesecake factory uniform. <laughs> you used to work at the cheesecake factory. I used factory. to work at the cheesecake I factory. I remember this. I remember you'd come. To like events, yes. still in your cheesecake, all dressed stuff. in white. Yeah, I remember. I didn't even really know you that well, and yeah. I would come to Cheesecake Factory with B because she used to love that place. I remember that. And then you I would serve that. us, and we'd be like, "Oh, hi, Doug. I don't really know you." <laughs> it's so funny to think about. Question: Did, did Eric and B tip well? Uh, yeah, notoriously, they were horrible tippers. No, I can't remember <laughs> it at all. Remember. I can't remember at I all. I guarantee you, though, we tipped well. Like we would not have yeah, not tipped no. well Eric, to someone we knew. Everybody Eric else is a good go. tipper. What's the best? You should know that about him. What? I think that says a lot about What's you. What's the best Thank tip you. you ever received at Cheesecake Factory? Um, 
You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Nothing notable. Nothing ever notable. Oh, you never got that like <laughs> not like Lakers $100. tickets. No, I mean I heard about it all the time. Someone left me a hundred dollar bill. I was just nothing. <laughs> I got tip fake money one time. It's horrible. What was it? A tract? Was it like a, a Christian, <laughs> like a Christian evangelism tract? No, it was. It was somebody gave me forty bucks in fake twenties, and oh. then after looking at them at the end of the night, I'm like, how did I ever think that this was real? It was oh, like it's rough. Yeah construction paper with a $20 <laughs> printed on it. I'm like, why did I ever think? Why did I take this? <laughs> We've had, for some reason, I, I actually picked these up. I don't know who did this, but there was a couple of these like 1 million pound notes yeah. sitting around the office here at Calvary. Like they're just sitting around and it was at a 1 million British pounds <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it had a picture of Prince Charles on it. But and then on the back, it was like a whole like evangelism tract yeah yeah <laughs> and i was like oh man we gotta get rid of these but they're kind of funny at the same time was that you was that you i know but i noticed the same thing oh yeah. you did they okay, appeared okay. right after the coronation yeah exactly <laughs> um all right now the donut holes thing was so good okay so he talked about donut holes and donut shops being a den of lies which they are yes i yes. felt like that might have been the biggest laugh i've heard in the worship center in the last six years yes <laughs> it was big and i wrote this i wrote this wait where was it Oh, no, this was a different joke. I said, useless Matt Doan got big laughs, and you could tell Doug was enjoying every second of it. <laughs> Doug, like, came up to me afterwards. He's like, hey, hey I, I, hope you're okay with, I hope you're okay with that. That that joke was so slotted for you, Eric. And then I realized you weren't going to be there that Sunday. I'm like, well, Matt, oh, yeah. I feel bad for you, Matt. That's all landing on you. Well, you said you were going to talk about, like, you said you were going to talk about me about a couple things. Yeah. About my yeah. healing stories and, and stuff. And then you weren't there, so I just left you hard out completely. To me. Yeah. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that today. That'd be interesting. But no, yes, I, I mean, useless Matt Doan. Yeah. But you are so useful. There's actually a meme already going around about it. <laughs> Is there actually? Okay, because I could actually see that happening, but I haven't seen it. Um, but um, the donut holes—I mean, it's—I yes. torture my children with it all the time. Yeah, I will. I to this day, I will call ahead, or I'll be on the phone, and I'll be like, "Hey, you guys want to pick up some donut holes on the way home?" And they get some. They still fall for it. They go, "Yeah!" Show up with nothing. Show up with nothing. <laughs> it's, it's it's really mean. It feels like a mean parenting kind of situation, but um, also it sounds like something I would do too. Well. Um, I think, I think they may have heard Matt's getting a phone call a phone from call Vanguard from University <laughs> right now on his phone, you guys. They heard. Oh, they no. they aren't relevant. They. Oh, no. Should, <laughs> should I answer it? Let's answer it. No, <laughs> that's so on scary. Air. That's so scary. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys, I just want to say right now, I apologize for what we said about Vanguard. I feel bad now. <laughs> it's only because they're on the phone, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like they called and I started to think about real people. <laughs> Started thinking about Robert no, that, Carter. What you're saying Lauren is the McGonagall. people, the people are great. <laughs> it's just at at a collegiate level of athletics, they yeah. can't compete. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's more that. It's more yeah. that. Yeah. I'll salvage you. Don't worry. Okay. This is going to become like the whole not of this world thing again, <laughs> where I got in trouble for being mean. Okay. All right. Let's let's get serious here. All right. Just a little <laughs> bit of serious. Is that fine? Sure. Um, well, take us in. All right. So I liked how you started off with talking about sort of in the old world or in the ancient world, maybe yeah. um, it was all, everything was a miracle. So right. we're talking about reliability of miracles. If you weren't there yesterday, yeah. uh, this whole last 15 minutes was probably excruciatingly boring. If you weren't there yesterday <laughs> uh, or this weekend, we always record on Mondays here. Um, so like it's, 
it, it's true. Like, and it's kind of even, I, I don't know if, have you guys seen that movie, uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy or yeah. something like that? No. It's an shoot. old comedy. Like, it's like an 80s movie, but it's yeah. like a Coke, it's in the middle of Africa yeah. and like a Coke bottle falls out of an airplane or something like that. <laughs> And then it's like something. I forget it what it is. It sets them on this quest. Yeah. Oh, also, to figure this, out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's, it's just like all about like something falling from the heavens. And yeah. it's like very different than anything they would have in their, um, their culture. And the, so this just yeah, becomes yeah. about like the gods. And, yeah, and that's yeah. essentially this kind of thing is like a explanation of everything that a reason why everything happened. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the most important thing that I always try to get myself to think about which is just so hard to think about it from our modern context is that every natural phenomenon had a god behind it mm-hmm. which is such a different way to think about the world you know yeah yeah the sun comes up not because it just comes up or, or that we're rotating in space and all that kind of stuff but yep. that there's a god you know doing that yeah it's um it's it, you could only think about it as in a, some other world. Cause it's almost impossible to get yourself to try to think like mm-hmm. that, you know? And it was interesting. Cause what's, what's uh, interesting about like the, the Torah, the first five books of the old Testament mm-hmm. really specifically, I think is it's like almost exclusively might be too strong of a term, but it, a very important premise of it is the difference of one God versus many gods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even the creation story, the Exodus story. I mean, you talked about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't, maybe, I don't know. I no, no. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was probably in, in, I don't, I didn't study the old Testament that much, but I really mm-hmm. did pick up on that, that the, the way that the Israelites thought about the world didn't change that m- that much but the way that they thought about the gods changed a lot and mm-hmm. that's really yahweh becoming the one god above all gods the you know maker creator animator of everything that's mm-hmm. a huge shift yeah. from you know essentially an unlimited amount of gods to one god mm-hmm. that's huge mm-hmm. i love at the so part of the passover seder is this part where you um you kind of like look at how like what the plagues like yeah. what the plagues were doing mm. um, and all the p- different plagues that it's like the, uh, you know, the blood in the river Nile and the, yeah. like the, the hail and the gnats and the whatever, like darkness, all this stuff. It was all, all those plagues were actually going against a different sort of Egyptian God, like the mm, God yeah. of the Nile, the God of the s- power and yeah. 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 When it becomes dark, mm-hmm. yeah. the, you know, the anyways and so on and so on. And there was like wow, that's a, a good frog point. God yeah. of the Egyptians yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just bad stuff to Egypt people, but you know, totally. God <laughs> literally confronting the yes. false gods. Yeah. yeah. W- which you could imagine is such a difficult thing to transition your mind into thinking away from that just as how difficult it would be for us to transition our mind to thinking that there is a God for yes. everything. We would, it would be so hard for us to even contextualize that. But for them, you kind of have the inverse effect. They're having to go, Oh, there's not. So I should stop praying to the sun God. Cause yeah. there's only one God. I mean, that's a really hard thing to conceptualize. Yeah. That's okay. So, Cause right. The whole point is that we're on the opposite side of that right. spectrum. Now we're on the farthest opposite side of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's, let's talk about the enlightenment a little bit and okay. let's just kind of like slow it down a minute. Slow it down. All right. I like that. What, what years were the enlightenment? 
Well, how, okay, okay. I would, centuries, right? Yeah, I'd say that's fif- what I mean. Yeah, fifteen hundreds to seventeen hundreds. Right. I always feel like I read something and I go, "Wow, that that was an important part of the Enlightenment," and it's so much later than I uh, thought it is. It's like seventeen sixty or something. I go, "That's really not that long ago." When's Immanuel Kant? Because you didn't talk about him on Sunday, but I think he's yeah, a great he's evil. he's <laughs> in my opinion, he's he's in that period, sixteen seventeen hundreds. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, but if you don't... some things happen in philosophy and a lot of like the things that are happening in the church happen early in the 1500s right reformation by the way is in the 1500s exactly that okay yeah and the a lot of the reformation sparks a lot of that you know intellectual conquest of the 1700s and you know why this was Mm -hmm. happening around this time was the printing press you were able to put things Mm -hmm. into written paper that then got passed around and right. information spread quicker. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a just so much happening at that period of time that lends itself to them calling it, obviously. The There's actually a side yeah. note that yeah. this is the second printing press reformation or movement in a sense oh. with the internet, obviously, yeah. birthing oh, yeah, like the second sure. like information age right. for in sure. a sense. You, yeah. you quoted um, Hume, yes, which I thought we had joked about before the service, but it didn't make it in. <laughs> but wow, how ironic, Eric, that um, mm-hmm. that Hume was one of the fathers of the Enlightenment, and we send our kids to Hume Lake every year. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Hume Lake named after Dave Hume? Do you think? Yeah, I have no idea. The actual it's funny, lake? No. When you when we joked about that before the service, I thought to myself, "There's multiple Humes. Where, where well, how did Hume get its name? Hume Lake get its name? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> Don't we're gonna get rest people I'm, on this I'm, right I'm, now? I'm efforting <laughs> in it as we speak. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, like, talk about, and you know, you can be specific or, or general. Maybe start general, but yeah, the basic theme of the Enlightenment mm-hmm. is, I would say, modernizing things into a more scientific world. There's probably a million things that's wrong. With, probably a million things wrong with that statement. But yeah, I think that's but, probably the best way that I like to think about it and understand it is, you have a very old world. Yep. that thinks about things in a very old way, mm-hmm. one that almost feels so radical to the way we view the world. But during the Enlightenment, you get pretty much modern thinking, which we hold to this day. You mm-hmm. know, you get the universe going from a Earth-centric universe where mm-hmm. the whole cosmos revolve around the Earth to a more accurate depiction of the universe, you know, the sun mm-hmm. and we revolve around that. Around so, me. The world revolves around me. <laughs> around you too, actually. Around Bono. Did your parents ever say sorry, no, but did your parents ever say that? Did you just think the world revolves around you? My parents said that all the time. <laughs> My parents a lot of times said, close the window, you're air conditioning the entire neighborhood. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> all right. I apologize to the audience. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> okay so enlightenment yes, of course. Uh-huh. so yes science uh understand case okay, so, and then which equals then all of this thought of the gods or yahweh yeah. god one god eat both yeah are are sort of irrelevant or we've proved them wrong so to speak yeah, everything yeah. supernatural everything supernatural to nothing supernatural basically yeah you could think of it like that what, what's funny though is the lot of the enlightenment thinkers still were like quasi members of the church and didn't yeah. didn't think that god wasn't real and you know they were it was they were wrestling with it and still very much so in a lot of ways part of the church like rene descartes was part of you right. know all that kind of stuff so I would say it's a modernization. I think the the world going from the the main thinking of people going from a earth-centric universe yeah. 
to a more accurate depiction of the way that the universe works mm-hmm. is a good example. You can almost use that as an analogy of what was happening in every category of mm-hmm. thought, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I like the definition of philosophy being just thinking very hard about something. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just started to think very hard mm-hmm. about all these sorts of things. So you have people kind of making judgments based on their common sense, pulling things into a more modern context. But then it's not just the Madonna or the Holy family anymore. Totally. Right. right. Yeah, you, you have art becomes yeah. more about um, the way things really are. It's not, mm-hmm. it's less idealized. You, you go mm-hmm. from, you know, the Venus de Milo and these like perfect depictions of art into people start to paint, paint the peasants and they start to, right. you know, paint more impressionistically and they're pulling things into the way it really is. Yep. And that happens across the board. However, I would say it, it gets really confusing. The enlightenment's so confusing. And I think okay. when you try to interact with any of the philosophies of the enlightenment, it just mm. turns into word you know, vomiting soup. so quickly as it turns into word soup. And you're like, what do I make of all this? Right. Especially think, if you read it, some 800 page book of soup. Totally. <laughs> totally. And then, you know, they're all responding to each other yeah. and they just write these epically long books yeah. and it's, it's really hard to figure out what's going on coming out of that though. You, I think you get a general shift away from more old world thinking into more modern thinking. And mm-hmm. I think that's, from our perspective, probably the most important thing to note is that mm-hmm. if you think about the Enlightenment, there is a, a kind of pin put mm-hmm. put in the timeline to say a lot of modernization happened here. Yeah. You know. Now, then there sort of seems to me, and I don't know the right names for this, but then you have in America, in more modern history, mm-hmm. you have something maybe after the sexual revolution of the 60s. Yeah. That's when it's sort of almost this like different version of an enlightenment in America yeah. where we went from very religious to starting to yeah. move the other way. Yeah. America, not, I'm not a historian, but this is the way I make sense of yeah. it is America is such an interesting case situation or, yeah. case. Yeah, yeah. Because it founds itself in, you know, on the East coast of, you know, America proper, sure. right? You know, the United States, right. Yes. Found, founds itself on the East coast as an intellectual powerhouse mm-hmm. yet the the majority of the country is countryside and uneducated farmers ranchers, farmers, ranchers yeah. and farmers so that's what to me the most interesting thing is christianity really spreads through the great awakenings and all of these right. revival type situations which are notoriously not very deep if that makes sense. i mean you get some of the well, you could call them whatever you want. Some of the religions that come out of that are Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness. They all start in those areas that were just burnt over by revivals. There's actually hmm. an area in upstate New York called, they called it the burnt over district. Seriously. The, the re- revivalists were like, don't even go there anymore. It's just, we've burnt hellfire and brimstone that place. <laughs> and it's just, been, we've gone there too much. Mm-hmm. So they all go, okay, well, we'll focus on other areas. That area, the the burnt over district, Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness sprung out right there. So you have a a, mm. a lot of evangelical teaching with no depth, mm. and then you get we don't have to go into Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness, sure. but you get interpretations of yeah. Christianity that maybe are lacking, possibly lacking some yeah. depth, you know, yeah, or, or, or there's so, so I think then you have you're on this interesting track of America is almost growing at a different rate than what's happening in Europe. And then I think exactly what you just said around the 60s, the the 
America starts to catch up with what's happening in Europe, and mm-hmm. there's this fear of liberalism mm-hmm. of what like all oh, liberal Europe and the way that right. they've gone since the Enlightenment. We don't want to do that. Yeah. So you kind of get a split between more fundamental Christians and more liberal Christians, yeah. and that's kind of where you end up where we're at today. Yeah, interesting. All right, make a case for thinking hard about things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. You mean, yeah, I, let, no, me, let me really interpret question. your question. Is yeah. it um, why should we do it yeah. or how do we do it? No, no, why? Okay. I think it's a good question. I don't know <laughs> if everyone should, if that makes sense. I hate to say that, but I think, or, or not all the time, I think yeah. everyone should at certain points think hard about things. I was thinking about this as I was coming in today for some reason. I thought to myself, maybe so. self... <laughs> Maybe we all shouldn't think that hard all the time. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> well, we can start to have like panic attacks or something. I, yeah. totally, totally. I actually love though something you said towards the end of the sermon yesterday, mm-hmm. which was maybe not all of you are called to go this yeah, deep with yeah. the data, but I hope that you're comforted to know that there are people who have. Yeah, yeah I you think said that's it, you said a little bit better than what I just said. No, I think you. Oh, you said it good. But, you said it very good. Um, yeah, maybe it's a fact of like we need people who will are willing to surrender, sacrifice, do the work of deep thinking mm-hmm. in order to benefit the whole church. Yeah, I think that's definitely probably the most important point is somebody should be thinking deeply about these things, and we should have confidence in knowing that somebody is. I mm-hmm. also think that. My, I, what I came to was if we don't think deeply about things, we're settling for a simpler version of that thing, which mm-hmm. is at times fine, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, okay, let's use you too, not to just keep harping on that, but you would say you should dive into you too, because so much goodness, right? 100%, dude. Right. But- Best listen to you with headphones very loud, and you'll hear all the nuance. So I would say I'm settling for a lesser version of YouTube because right. I don't think that Just hard the about hits. it. You yeah. don't listen to the B-sides and whatnot. Totally. But if I were to really sit and think hard about something, I could yeah. get more out of it and I have a deeper version of it. I think that same thinking is paralleled in Christianity and in, in, in our following of Jesus. is yeah, you're At right. some level, there is a very small version of it but the small it doesn't mean it's bad it's good and it's pure and it's beautiful yeah but we we can always go into a deeper more fuller version of it and i think probably the biggest thing is throughout our lives we we run into situations challenges most likely that the smaller version doesn't work as well and all of a sudden it's like i need something deeper and i think that's where it's an invitation to go and think hard yeah that's good Mm -hmm. yeah that's the beauty of I would even say the scriptures, like yesterday we read Psalm 139 over one of our kids. It was their birthday. Mm. It's kind of a tradition we have to yeah, read that, that psalm. And they've been able to understand just the beauty of that psalm over all their littler years and as they're growing older. Yeah. But now as they're getting older, there's more depth to it that they can understand. That's so awesome about the scriptures. You can get it at an elementary level or you can get it at a very deep level yeah. and both speak to you. Yeah. But you're right. You're going to come across like these crisis of your faith. We actually did a whole like Wednesday nights the last six weeks yeah. on how not to read the Bible. And we were tackling these yeah. questions like, does science and the scriptures, are they compatible? Um, what do you say about the genocide that happened in the Old Testament? I mean, yep. like legitimate questions that I think skeptics are asking. And if we're not equipped or we don't know how, how to access those who have thought deeply about these things, man, our faith will get rocked. And we have as right. youth pastors, yeah. we yeah, have a yeah. whole line, lineage of in a sense, people behind the bus who've been run over totally, yeah. who have just not had been equipped. And then they got ruined by a UC Santa Barbara 
you know, <laughs> yeah. psychology class. It, intro to logic year. class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. dudes, I mean, it's funny you say that because like my, I took a intro to religion class yeah. my freshman year at UC Santa Barbara <laughs> uh-huh. and the class, the premise of the class. Yeah. This is in 1992. Okay. You guys <laughs> fall of 92. The, the, the premise of the class was how Wicca is the center of all world religions <laughs> and all world religions, including the, the big three of, yeah. um, you know, of, of out of Israel or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, those all come out of Wicca and that's like the foundation of them. Wow. And <laughs> that is the way you can understand them. And then like, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what is yeah. happening? And just I'm a, straight into the deep end. I'm an 18 a... <laughs> year old sitting in a classroom with this guy. Anyway, and yeah. it was just, it was a wild time. I think that, that <laughs> there is the, that an appeal to authority. Sometimes, you know, you, you're, you get in a situation and then this person is this authority and they just go, Hey, look at what I've studied. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. And it's, that's an, an, an appealing argument for a young yeah, person to sure. go, well, this guy's got a PhD. I'm not going to exactly. disagree with right. him. So you kind of go, I he's guess he's right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And then it, that's why I just think you have to be around more than just one person uh-huh. who you then give authority to. Mm-hmm. If at the same time you're going to another class and there's a guy who's a PhD and says, no, this is the way it is. And it's more, maybe for you, real reasonable. Mm-hmm. You kind of get an idea of yeah. you can interact with these people. They're not just these. You yeah, know. that's good. And that's probably also why we need, we just all have that person in our life that just really kind of is there for us and helps mm-hmm. us. Maybe they don't know a ton about like philosophy yeah. or theology, whatever. Yeah. And that's cool. Like we need that person in our lives and that person's great mm-hmm. and has like tons of value. We also need yeah. someone that has studied some things a little bit more deeply yeah. and then we can kind of bounce some of that stuff off of us. And even I, where I kind of struggle with like apologetics people, cause I feel like sometimes they can be a little bit mean basically, but, <laughs> totally, um, yeah. but it's like, sometimes I need those people to help me with like the arguments yes, too. Yeah. And you know, so I don't know. I that's, that's what cool. I loved. One of the things I loved about yesterday mm-hmm. was in a sense, it was modeling mm-hmm. for other Christians mm-hmm. how to think, but also kind of giving them permission to step into this world. Yeah. And I even prayed that at the end, like, Lord, we just pray for our scientists, our philosophers, those mm-hmm. that are are on the cutting edge of some of these things that God, they're yeah. needed. And sometimes I think unintentionally we communicate, oh, what we really need is this type of personality mm. or this person in the church. We need someone to serve and, and to do this or to yeah. preach. But we also need people who are thinking deeply. And so I yeah. hope that there was even some people yesterday that go, I want to be like Doug. Yeah. Or, yeah. I totally think, you know, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I'm a, I'm really passionate about physics i'd love to be a theoretical physicist and change the world mm-hmm. that, that there's an a place a needed place for you in the church you know mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. we absolutely that would be yeah. wonderful yeah. and and there are amazing theoretical physicists who are doing such amazing work that you know that you don't have to go oh i want to do something in the church so even though i'm a theoretical physicist i guess i'll give that up to go do something else <laughs> right. like, no that is what you should be doing absolutely in the context now of the question church. for you I got, oh i got a u2 story though here oh, oh boy of course <laughs> so doug's little heads up we haven't heard a triathlon story yet so be ready for that <laughs> and then there'll probably be some christmas light reference i don't know how I already made one already. you missed it earlier yeah that was earlier. earlier um you missed it it's fine but um no seriously though all jokes aside about this being a YouTube thing is like mm-hmm. the church. So three of the guys were all going to a church when they were just getting the band going. Yeah. And they started to actually get really passionate about Christianity and they were really digging in. 
But then what happened was this church community was like a pretty legalistic church mm. community. And they said, if you want to love Jesus and serve him well, you need to leave music and wow. just do ministry with your life only. Oh, wow. But they didn't help them understand how they could use ministry or how they could use music as ministry yeah. and just be, a, and be a light. Now I think they still are, but it's just like, was so tragic that they were actually sort of like kicked out of that yeah. church community yeah. for wanting to continue with this passion. And so it speaks, it's just a different level of totally. the physicist or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, Hey, look at you two story that like connected. I love it. That actually okay. did connect <laughs> very well. Now question for you, because I remember <laughs> We got to be your pastors as you were growing I know, up, which yeah. was so fun. Um, so you didn't mess up too bad, I guess, <laughs> well, is what you're saying. you, I guess. No, no, but maybe we did because I remember this distinct difference in your life when you came back from Bible school, actually yeah. in Europe. And uh, right, yeah. I remember sitting outside at our bookstore and you and I just talking. Yeah. And the conversation we had was at a level I was not prepared for because <laughs> you had all these questions and things you've been thinking about yeah. and light bulb moments that had gone off in your schooling experience that were just so refreshing and exciting for me. Yeah. And also just kind of like awe-inspiring, like, whoa, Doug's like had this part of his brain just yeah. pop open. <laughs> um, and so I'm wondering for you, was there a moment in Bible school or was a book you read that had that kind of developed. Oh, I think I want to go in this direction. And then my second part of that question is if Kate, you're a 17 year old kid, you're excited about Sunday's message. You want to dive into it. Where would you start? So maybe start with your life and then start with, yeah, I think I just felt the freedom from everyone, from my parents, from you guys, from, you know, the church. And I felt the freedom to explore difficult questions, which going to Bible school, was the same premise. It was, let's explore these difficult questions, which I love. I just think, I think that's the most fun. And I never felt a pushback to say, mm. don't look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, sure, <laughs> come check it out. What was that Bible school? Just real quick. When you torch say bi- bears, yeah, yeah. Torch bears. Yeah. It's like a one year program, right? It's a one year program. I believe still thriving yeah. and, and going for it. Yeah. yeah. Torch bears, Bible schools. I went to the one in Austria, Schlotteming, Austria. Amazing. It was amazing. Okay, John, really sorry, I didn't mean to John Denver is actually his his name. John. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Schlotz, right? Okay, but yeah, I felt always invited to explore those, and it, and it felt good. There was a, almost um, um, an appetite I had for it that was appeased by reading those things and diving in, mm-hmm. and and everything I read, I only had another question. Everything that came up, I had further questions, and in being invited in by the Christian community, which was was so amazing and then i think that's the same thing i would say for someone who is interested in what happens on a sunday morning Mm -hmm. follow your questions i think that's i I would hope that they pick that up from this podcast from calvary church in general is that we welcome that we welcome your questions and they're invited we'll show you everything we'll show you the source text why we came up with this doctrine whatever it is (laughs) I, i don't think that's as universal as you mm. might seem from mm. the outside. You might think, oh, all religions are completely open to this type of analysis. I don't think that's necessarily right. true. I don't even know if all churches are open to this type of analysis. Right. Just shut up and believe, you know? Mm, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what you're told kind of situation. Yeah, or it's well, a, you know, you've, you've kind of wandered too far. This is about right. faith and, and you know, not knowing. It's about not knowing but still doing. Right. And I, I, I never felt that from Calvary or from the Christian church. It was kind of like the Thomas. It was like, yeah, 
is this really you? Yeah, look at my hands. You yeah. know, it's, that's mm. I kind of felt like that's what all of the people around me were so gracious in doing. Yeah. Was I said, is this really true? And they're like, come check it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, who are like who would be two or three authors that are philosophers, mm-hmm. let's say philosophers of Christianity. And I think yeah. I would distinguish that from there is a, apologetics is a thing that is right. an aspect of philosophy. Yeah. Um, but it's a little more maybe popular. I think if you want to get into like yeah. philosophy, they might be some slightly different people. Right. I would say, yeah, interact with the philosophies that have to do with the foundations of Christianity. So okay. William Lane Craig and JP Moreland wrote a book called the foundations of Phil's foundations of Christian thinking or something, or the yeah. philosophical foundations for Christianity. Okay. That's a great place to start because yeah. it's not apologetic. It's philosophical mm-hmm. and they're going to interact with the actual philosophies that have to do with that. I love JP Moreland in all of his philosophy of mind stuff. Yes. So I think consciousness is a huge thing to look into. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that go along with Christianity are apologetics. Yes. But consciousness and the whole theory of what our minds are, are, you know, are we just bodies? <laughs> are we minds and yeah. bodies? That philosophical idea is very interesting and would be a great place to start. And just, it's a fun thing to even ponder, mm-hmm. you know, am I, can I exist outside of my body? You know, am I some other thing that's giving my body purpose? And am I a soul that has a body or am I a body that has a soul? Just even sitting on some of those philosophical concepts is a great place to start. Hmm. Google them, you know, read things like that. Yeah, yeah. Go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good couple of names. So JP Moreland and William Lane. I thought you were going to say uh, the Planticas. Planting goes great. Planting goes great. He, you know, he's one of the mo- leading philosophers. He writes um, a great book about the existence of God. It just it would be a little tough. That's maybe. a little next. That's like the yeah. next level of difficulty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's good. You start with <clears throat> J.P. Moreland. It's funny to say that those the, guys are th- those guys traverse the whole spectrum. Well, so probably they start have, actually yeah. with God Joy. Oh no! And then <laughs> that's after straight God Joy pop self help. You know, after <laughs> God Joy, then move yeah. to. <laughs> Honestly, come to Calvary and ask them in the bookstore, William Lane Craig, J.P. Moreland, Philosophical Foundations for a Christian Worldview. It's a great place to start. It's going to walk you through, I mean, it's like 1,200 pages or something, but it's a kind of a textbook in terms of understanding the ideas. Because I think you could get really... Um, you could feel dejected though if you go and try to read David Hume or something. Oh yeah, I wouldn't you know, even or wouldn't whatever, even which is not what you should be reading. I don't think necessarily, but <laughs> no. it's just like or one of these older philosophers. Yeah. It's right, good, you know, and then even or even old like ancient theology stuff like yeah. Augustine or whatever. It's like that's gonna yeah. be. It's really good, but don't start there. That stuff's gonna be like really hard. Um, yeah. So anyway. it, it will be it will be so unenjoyable. You'll just give up on the whole task. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's so funny because J.P. Moreland was so hard for me to read. Like some of these books that we yeah. had to read in school by him, yeah. like Scaling the Secular City, yeah, yeah, true, stuff yeah. like that. Like these are hard books to read. Yeah, but they're but they're rich. Totally. So you just kind of got to be willing to go slow. Yeah, and if you have an appetite for Think it, deeply, it, it'll it'll yeah, you know, it'll be there for you. Okay, okay, we need to shift a little bit here. Shift. People believe in biblical miracles, but not the ones that can happen today. Oof, yes. People believe you. So you Let's might get into it, this, folks. This Let's is do what it. Doug said was going to be on the podcast. <laughs> We're at 
timestamp 43 minutes and 20 seconds. I mean, now, like this is now, I know how to, hour now I know how to get there, so I'm not even going to listen to the good. first 43. <laughs> I'm just going to go right to here. Jordan, Jordan Crand, I just call this, the title of the podcast is 4320. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. But, okay, so yeah, so this whole notion yeah. that you can be a person that you're like, all right, I'm yeah. in, you've got me with the Bible miracles. Jesus healed people. I believe you. Um, God parted the Red Sea. I believe you even on that. But I don't believe you that Eric Wakeling was healed of leukemia when he was a baby. No. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Oh, my gosh. What a great question. Um, yes. That this... was just the question you said to ask yesterday. I know. So well, like, I'm giving myself was... a compliment <laughs> yeah, is what I'm trying to say. weird. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I mean, what a great question of it was Eric Wakeling healed because that's the right. per, that's a perfect to right. use you as an example. That's a right. perfect setup for us to say, how do you make sense of that? And I think yes. just a quick recap, you could go back and think about the way that people make sense of something like that. They either say, well, it wasn't really a miracle. It's just something happened that we don't know. And we kind of have to just wait for the science to catch up. Right. Or it was a faulty test result exactly and then it was a right test result i've heard that i've actually had people say that to me yeah yeah and i think that's we're trying to make sense of something that we experience and Mm -hmm. that's that uh, the foundation of that hume argument and that enlightenment argument is we don't normally experience miracles so Mm -hmm. when we when one is said that they've someone's done one or seen one or has had one happen to them Mm -hmm. Our, our go-to argument is to say, well, my experience is that they don't happen. So I need to find a way to justify the, this, what this person's telling me in a way that makes sense with my view of the world. Yeah. We don't say, well, let me look for supernatural evidence. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know this sounds, if you're from the outside of the church, this would sound crazy. But if you're thinking, well, I do believe in God and I do believe in biblical miracles, you could, a, a very reasonable question was, would be, were people praying? Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, what a, what a reasonable question yeah. was anybody praying that, that he would be healed. And mm-hmm. it's like, turns out, yes, yes. <laughs> like, right. Well, there's, there's some evidence of yes. supernatural yeah. action, you know, happening. Right. Like they're actually asking God to do something. Right. Yeah. That's, it wasn't just sort of coincidental or yeah. it wasn't just mm-hmm. like happened to happen. Like, exactly. but nobody was seeking God for it or something. Yeah, I use the example yeah. of lightning hitting a tree and the tree catching on fire. It's like, well, how did that happen? Well, if you were to immediately go, well, was, were people praying for it to happen? Was there, is there evidence of supernatural stuff? I mean, you mm-hmm. could s- start there, but I think very quickly you'd figure out there's a naturalistic explanation for this. In the, in your case, there really is no naturalistic explanation of it. it the, the natural data doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Then you look, well, is there supernatural, is there evidence for supernatural mm-hmm. data? There's tons. Yeah. Well, then you have to make sense of that a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me let me set this up. I would love to talk about these three three things. Yeah, go. Us. Just feel free to like let Doug cook. As yeah, we, we let <laughs> no, Aaron no. cook a couple. I'm weeks actually ago. I'm actually going to mute my microphone. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> um, this is my this is why we could the three things we could talk about. I truly think miracles. You could think about them in three ways in our modern current context, and I think the first one is simple in that. The, the majority of the time when we use the word miracle, we use it in which way would you think? I'm just guessing for myself. I would probably say he made like a miracle shot at the buzzer. Oh, right? oh, oh in like regular life. Yeah, like in regular yeah. life. I, yeah. I would use. It was a miracle. I found a parking place. Totally. Al Michaels. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. yes. Like that's after winning, like, winning a game, beating someone we shouldn't have beat. 
Yes. There yeah. you go. Beating someone you shouldn't have beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would say we, I use the word miracle. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just a miracle that this happened. You know, yeah. it's a miracle that like my children woke up and got on time for school or something. <laughs> right. A right, miracle right. that, you know, whatever. But I, I think it's easy to look past that, but. I think it's a good stopping point to say if we're actually talking about the way that we think about miracles, we say the word miracle all the time Uh and it almost changes the meaning of the word miracle. Mm. I think of um, what's the show Parks and Recreation Uh when the guy says literally all the time. What's that character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger. Yeah. Rob Lowe's character. Is that where that started? When he said, I literally... Well, I think it was sort of a thing in culture, and they're playing off of that. Okay. So they're they're making fun of it, essentially, on purpose. But yeah. think about how that changed totally the changed meaning the of the word literally. It literally did. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally in the dictionary, it yes. now says figuratively yes you could be like i'm literally on fire right now and you're what you're what you're honestly saying is i'm figuratively on fire i know it's maddening it's like when you know the old like oh that's bad yeah it means good oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wicked yeah yeah this is so that's bad that that is pretty sick. old though yeah that's sick old. Yeah. sick that's so why sick. do we have all these things that are not good as descriptors but i bring it up because right. i think it's actually an important note to say if you do that enough, you actually change the meaning of a word. Yeah. And I think it's possible that for most people, the word mm-hmm. miracle just means really unlikely. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think we should move even on, on past that fast enough to say, oh, yeah, of course we do that. I'm like, well, that if you're if you're going to talk about miracles and you mean this very specific thing, you got to say then, well, probably eight times out of 10, I'm not even using the word right. Right. So there's that. I think that's the first one. The second one is a little bit more complicated. And I would say goes into, if you're thinking about miracles, the majority of the time when we talk about miracles, we're actually talking about God's providence, which I would say is the way that God interacts with the world. Okay. Which, let me give you an example. Yes. If you were saying, I'm really praying that I get a raise this yeah. next quarter at work, and then you get the raise and you go, God delivered, yeah. a, a miracle came through. Yeah. Are you actually saying that a miracle has occurred in that the scientific data does not equal you getting the raise? Or are you just saying God cared for me uh-huh. in a very specific way in that my prayers were answered? Is that, so? Is that a miracle? Oh, right. Answered prayer versus miracle. Yeah. Because those could actually be two different categories. And is that what God, in, in God answering that prayer, is that a miracle? Or right. is that just God's providence in that God's providence could, you could think of it like the God's economy, the right. way that God interacts with the world. I'm praying for a spouse and then I meet someone. Yes. It's not actually a miracle for you to meet someone that happens all the time in all like the time. very normal ways. Yes. So yes. I think I would say the majority of what we talk about when we talk about modern day miracles, we're actually talking about God's providence, the way that God interacts with the world, which if we can just sit on that for a quick second, there's a big spectrum. And I think this is where all the disagreement comes from. If you're like, well, how are there like so many denominations of Christianity in the world? How are there, how is it possible that Christianity is interpreted so differently all over the world? Yeah. This is probably one of the huge ones is on one end of the spectrum. God determines everything like theological determinism Mm -hmm. right on the other end of the spectrum you could say there's open theism or something like that 
the mm-hmm. theological. Wait, de- wait, 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 wait. What's open theism? <laughs> Let's define both of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, start yeah. with okay. theological determinism. Okay. That you know, there's a bunch of different versions of this. The one version is that God created everything, wound it up like a clock, took God took its hands off of it, and He just kind of watches it. And there's, it's just going and right. Every, every choice you make, everything that happens is to you, it's already been. It's just going to happen. And it's predetermined by the way that the thing was wound up. Yep. Another version of it is that God is actually in every single action at every single time, right? So, mm-hmm. every flower that grows is actually God forcing that, choosing for that flower to grow, and every single thing that happens is God determining that thing to happen. Okay. And then in the middle you get a whole bunch of what they call compatibilism, a whole bunch of... Wait, wait, wait. Did you define open theism? That's what I'm getting to. Oh, so, oh sorry, yeah, sorry, So sorry, you sorry. get in the middle a whole bunch of like compatible theories between open theism oh, okay. and determinism. Okay. Open theism on that far end of the spectrum is they're, they're very worried about free will. Yeah. They don't want to get rid of your ability to freely choose something. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the spectrum, they say, God actually doesn't even know the future. He right. doesn't even know what we're us three in this room are going to do yeah. like right now. He's learning it just as we're doing it and regularly changes his mind. Totally. I mean, he can, he's yeah. deciding things based on new data all yeah. the time yeah. based yeah. on our actions, based yeah. on our actions. Yeah. But the goal of open theism, you could say, is to really salvage a very rich view of free will on the opposite end of the spectrum. What they're trying to salvage is a very strict view of God's ability to not have to be informed by anything. Is, is what I think going to happen going to happen right now? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's proving Calvinism. <laughs> no, no, he's, I think he's going to do what I think he's going to do. Okay, keep going. I'm super excited. Oh, no, I'm nervous. What's, now, uh, what's one of the, compa- what's, what are the compatibilisms? Oh, you, I, I think I am going where you're going. <laughs> I'm so excited. We've been so, waiting for this podcast so, for a long time. So <laughs> there are ways. So I guess what I would say is there's not many Christians who fall on the far end of the spectrum. There are certainly. Yes, yes. And, and I, I want to be honest, I'm, we're not really advocating for much. This is kind of a lesson almost in what's out there. Mm-hmm. But, there's, because there's like a predestination that's not quite as far out as you said. Totally. And there's a free will that's not quite as far out as you said. Totally. And so then those are kind of like right of center, left of center, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. And now in the in the middle, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. And there and to be honest, there are people in our church who are going to be on different sides of that. And, oh, yeah, and there's people on this podcast that are on different sides of that. Totally. So yeah. so <laughs> don't don't hear oh there's one right way to interpret this. Right. It's that when we talk about miracles, nine times out of ten we're talking about the way God the way that God inter acts with the world so let me just give you one brief example is if you believe that god is is miraculously bringing everything into existence at every moment everything is a miracle Mm. so it wouldn't Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be even fair to say did god commit a miracle or like was a miracle committed here every second if in that view Mm -hmm. is a miracle so you can't say you can't say that you're being you know healed from cancer was a miracle it's, it, it's the same way that you breathing right now is a mm-hmm, miracle mm-hmm. so if that's the way that you view it, god interacting with the world it's yeah. that's the way that you view yeah. miracles does that make sense And psychologically that's somehow kind of maybe freeing for people to just yeah just like settle into that and yeah. just kind of like okay well i'll rest in god's providence yeah. which is a good thing but this is kind of like your most extreme version of such yeah yeah, yeah. that's why when sometimes people will ask me or you know we'll get into a conversation of like well what about miracles that happen nowadays i'm like 
it's hard to explain that because if you view that every moment is a miracle, then sure, everything's yeah. a miracle. Yeah. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, if, if we're kind of teaching God through our own actions because he's mm-hmm. learning with us, his inter- his intervention in the world is going to be very miraculous, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of, you get the opposite polar ends of the sure. spectrum. So I would say most people fall into some type of compatible argument which is trying to save free will Mm -hmm. and trying to save this like deterministic view of the world right one of them i'll give you two that are very popular one of them would be like a calvinistic view and that would say that it is true that we have free will and it is also true that god is determining everything because do you want me to explain why they they think this you know calvinists don't really think (laughs) they don't I don't, that's, they don't think that first sentence you said. <laughs> well, that, that would be the critique is, do they really think that? But can it, do you want me to explain? Oh, I can explain it really explain, fast. Explain, okay. explain it. It would be sure. that, that they, that people have freedom to live within their nature, but their nature is that they always choose which, what, what is bad. Yeah, no, what is yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. always choose the abomination, right? Like yeah. they're always wicked, but they're free to choose it. They're free to make choices within that negative reality and then what god does is god is controlling the outcome of all those things so they're saying yes they're free to be within their nature but they're not free to live outside of the will of god and god has given them the ability to choose freely within their nature Mm -hmm. the criticism of that is how does anyone ever get saved because if you can only ever choose negatively then god has to be the one to pull you out of that and at some level at some level they get, you know, criticized for just kind of like word jugglery, if that makes sense, that like they're just they're just mumbling words and saying, no, it's compatible that you can be free and determined at the same time. Mm-hmm. And people just disagree that they've been able to prove that. Right. That's this high view of the providence of God, sovereignty, yeah. sovereignty of God, God's God's power, mm-hmm. God's love at some level. But then what gets critiqued is that. How does a loving God just predetermine that all these billions of people burn in hell forever? Yeah, and yeah. and it's almost vi- it almost feels like it violates common sense if I were to come and say, yeah, you're free to do whatever you want, and you'll always choose negatively. Mm-hmm. Like and that doesn't feel like I'm that doesn't feel like how I live. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm I'm a believer in a, or a, and a, a person who thinks I would be like, well, yes, you've received the you know the light of Christ through this gift of salvation. But I just don't know if the general public, even if you were to pull them who aren't believers, feel like they're only choosing negatively. Right. But that would have to be the argument from a from that perspective. I think it would be we, – we, maybe this is a separate podcast. Yeah, but of course, probably. It's choosing <laughs> negatively when the scale is the holiness of God. Right. Yep. So I think that that's that's the counterpoint. So I think that's one way to make sense of it. There's positives for it. There's uh-huh. negatives yeah. for it. Um. At, if you're leaning that direction, you have to then fight for free will. You're, you're, I think as someone who's thinking that way is constantly always trying to inject free will to make sure that people are free enough to make sense of their everyday experience. Mm-hmm. On the other side is a philosophical argument. I think a lot of people have actually adopted this way of thinking uh, about it's a philosophical argument about how we can salvage free will, but then also make the universe very predetermined. Because, by the way, there's verses in the Bible that seem to talk that talk about both. Yes, it exactly. straight up talks about predestination, and it straight up says like, you know, um, yep, 
like that you need to choose that you like believe in your heart in God and you yeah. will be saved. Right. Yeah. Like, so there's a, a view called Molinism, which is a oh boy. <laughs> I'm like, my heart is going pitter patter, <laughs> which is a philosophical <laughs> argument that God has what would be called counterfactual knowledge. So it would be that God knows what you would freely choose in every given situation. So he knows it's true that you chose to go to the movies on Friday, but he also knows the counterfactual knowledge that you didn't that you didn't choose to go to the movies, but you chose to go bowling. And he knows every single possible counterfactual item that you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Because if God is all knowing, then you have to make sense. You have to allow for him to have what they would call counterfactual knowledge. Mm-hmm. Not so just what you would do, but also what you wouldn't do. And what you would freely and what you would do. Freely, yes. What you freely would and would not do. Yes, and, yes. And every outcome of your free choice. Yes. It sounds like how could it sounds impossible to even comprehend it, but you don't need to comprehend it. It just needs to be possible. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yes. No, I like how you say that. Yeah. It just needs to be possible that God could do that. And if God could do that, then it's possible that God could, before he brings into existence the actual world could make a decision based on that information. Mm-hmm. So the, the argument would go that God brings into existence the world where the most amount of people freely choose God and the least amount of suffering is present. Yeah, I've, which is very satisfactory. As a, as a philosophical argument is pretty solid. I you know there there's people that argue that that counterfactual knowledge doesn't add up to what, you know, that argument wants it to be. Although I I feel pretty confident that it does that it does yeah so there there's an example of how you make sense of both of both extremes okay so let right? me butt in for a minute I mm-hmm. know I was gonna mute my microphone but I never did <laughs> um, so what's fascinating about what you're saying here in the second category is mm-hmm. you're saying we misidentify miracles and really we're talking about the providence and yes. and on that spectrum you explained it well and I'd love to even that'd be fun another episode to talk yeah, to that'd more be fun, yeah yeah so now I'm assuming there's got to be a third category. Yes. where the miracles are properly defined. Exactly. That's going to be what you see in the biblical miracles, that the scient- the naturalistic data does not add up to what you've experienced, right? I would say, and I can't stress this enough, <laughs> you will, will, 10 will be the maximum amount, right? Eight, six times out of 10, we're actually using the word miracle just to say, oh, what a what a random chance. Mm-hmm. The other, you know, 3% getting us up to nine is actually God's providence and the way that God interacts with the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or half a 1% even is in the category of what we're talking about when you see a biblical miracle. And I mm-hmm. just can't stress that enough that you go in and they and maybe it's a medical procedure and they say the, the this is the scientific data that we have. And upon the next test or even in front of their eyes, miraculously, things change, you know, based on the injection of supernatural data, Mm -hmm. right? Like that, that would be, I think, what we experience in a biblical miracle, which there are many stories where that happens. And and I, I think you have to then look at examples like that and say, is this an example of God interacting with the world and caring for the world through his providence? Or is this a, a supernatural you know, injection of new data that we have to take into account. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I think maybe I'm just being a more philosophical, but I think understanding correctly what you're talking about is so helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, know, you want to ask, well, do miracles still happen? I think first and foremost, you just have to get clear on what you're actually talking about. So if we're talking about the one, 
mm-hmm. the half to one out of ten. Yeah. Do those still happen? I would argue they do. I would argue they do because if yeah. they happened in the Bible right. and they happened in those scenarios, it's, I, I think to it's use your word. It's possible. Absolutely possible that you could still experience one. Right. You could probably make an argument about why were they happening. Mm-hmm. And there's people that say, well, they were happening to reveal Christ. Yes. But I think there's also examples of other miracles happening in more of a providential, like caring for the world type way. You know, mm-hmm. even as disciples w- are walking or apostles are walking and people are being healed by touching them and things like that. Right. So I think there's there's more than enough evidence to say, yes, you can experience a miracle. A story of a miracle can absolutely be true. Um, but it's going to fall prey to you probably falling back on your your naturalistic thinking and you're going to doubt it and you're going to think all these kind of things and you're going to want um, like crazy amounts of evidence. You're going to want to see the result. You're like, yeah. show me the MRI scan where things miraculously just got better right, right away, you know? Right. And I think part of that is good. Part of that is we're not allowing ourselves enough room for supernatural inf- data to be mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think we could probably update our way of thinking about it to say, it's always possible in a situation where the naturalistic explanations of things don't add up that super something supernatural has occurred. And yeah. we should look for that more. Yeah. I would advocate for that. And then I would advocate for get clear on what you think about how God interacts with the world, because mo- more than often than not, you're probably talking about God caring for you than you are God supernaturally injecting something into the naturalistic order of the world. Right, hmm. right, right. That's really good. Um, I think J.P. Moreland also has a book on yes, he miracles does. and healings and yeah. a lot of even kind of like research on them actually happening in yeah. certain places and yeah, times. Yeah, he has a book called The Kingdom Triangle, which is great. Yes. I would yeah. I would suggest that too as well. J.P. Moreland has also done a ton of research on near-death experiences, right? <laughs> which is kind of bizarre. <laughs> I know. Um, but he's done a ton of research there in terms of these experiences where people have clinic, like clinically died, yeah. you know, their biology has like, like this person is, would be pronounced dead. Yeah. And then they come back to life, what that experience was like for them. So there's more than enough data. So I think, yes, you can absolutely believe in current miracles. It's just more about making sure that you're talking about the right thing. Because like I was saying earlier, if you spend enough, if you spend too much time speaking improperly, I don't mean that in a negative way, but no, speaking sure. speaking about miracles in a way that that's not really what you're yeah. talking about, the meaning of the word just starts to drift around. Yeah. yeah. And then you say it was a miracle that I got this job, and then maybe someone who who doesn't think like that or thinks differently about mm-hmm. miracles goes, "What? That's mm-hmm. not the way it works," you know? Right. It's, or just a sh- like a subtle erosion. You know, subtle. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Erosion. Totally. Doug Doug is a philosopher because we just spent. 20 minutes defining words. Yeah. And that is, that's what philosophy does. Uh, but it's important to lay that foundation yeah. in order then to have the conversation at a level playing field. Yeah, exactly. Because I think you just want the, I think if I were a member of, well, I am a member of the church. So what I want as a member of Calvary coming mm-hmm. here is the ability to, to be on the same page about something. And for when you say that a miracle like happened, that we would be able to like know what we're talking about and mm-hmm. that you would feel comfortable understanding what I mean by miracle. And I would know what you mean. And yeah. I think that dialogue is so important that really the early church councils is all about that. Yeah. So can I give a hypothetical, um, you know, yes. scenario and we yeah, can yeah. say, is this a miracle or is this Providence? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. So I come home this afternoon and there's a check in my mailbox mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. cover, um, your kid's college bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's a miracle. We've been praying yeah. that this, yeah. you know, somehow we'd figure mm. this out. And now I've, we've received it. Yeah. So I'm going to say that's providence. That's providence. Because here's why. For that to ha- for God to interrupt the natural order of the world and add in new supernatural data, how would he do that? Would it be a neurological change that he puts in the person's brain who decides to make that donation to you? Yes. And <laughs> I mean po- I mean I'm just that's possible. That's yeah, possible, possibly. right? Yeah. If you think that that's the way the brains work, right. is that you know, is he almost then bypassing the will of this person? And and forcing them kind of, you know, God mode takes over and they write the check and they go, uh-huh. I don't know what I'm doing, but God's doing this to me. That would how that would be miracle proper, you uh-huh. know, mm-hmm. supernaturally. This person is they were taken over, taken over and writing the check. <laughs> or would it be that in in the you know, if you go back to that Molinism example in that then in the whole understanding of the universe, why would God not want you to be blessed with that? Sure. And in making the universe, he made it in a way that that happened. Okay. Second part of that scenario, mm-hmm. I go home and I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. And I'm about to eat it and yeah. it turns into a million dollars. Miracle proper. Miracle proper. I like the way you thought that through. That was good. <laughs> well, I pray that every time. What should be a million dollars? What should be a million dollars? Okay. Is there a category? But yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a category somewhere between providence and miracle yeah that's like i'm trying to think of the term for it maybe something like a something like a supernatural action has occurred mm-hmm. of some sort i now that might not be the right word because that could just no, seem no, like a miracle. that makes sense yeah but it kind of goes back to that chart that i talked about like a yes. couple months ago right yeah, yeah. where it's these four quadrants of supernatural movement of some sort i forget what the title of it was yeah. but this by novo which is a an missions agency that does some good teaching on spiritual authority and power and stuff like that and yeah. so they they said like first category is nothing happens all the time right. so it's just like you pray for a mirror someone to be healed and nothing just that will never ever happen yeah. that's and one. the enlightenment theory be like exactly exactly <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it the other one is that everything happens every time right that's the other that's sort the of everything's extreme. a miracle yeah. yeah everything's a miracle but also that just seems like categorically false and impossible, right. especially if it's every time you pray, especially if you pray properly in the yeah. name of Jesus and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Yep. Well, then that person whose arm just got chopped off is going to grow back. Right. You know, like right, that's right. always what I like extreme, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yep. And then there is something happens. Oh boy, I'm gonna like, some of the time. So, there is something yeah, happens. I this on this too. Oh no! Why am I freaking out? Because it's because actually we believe something happens. Oh, here I got it. I got it. Sorry. Yeah. Everything happens some of the time. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then something happens every time. Okay. So everything happens some of the time. This is very philosophical. Yeah, like, I like with the way it. the yeah, words yeah, just yeah, yeah, move yeah. around and stuff. You guys just like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they just like kind of copy paste around. They're like, oh, there it is. A logical argument. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but if it's yeah. like if it's something happens or or everything happens some of the time, yeah. So that big huge miracle, we yeah. believe that that is possible. Like yes. That can happen. Yeah. But we also believe that all the time when we seek the Lord, when we pray, when we approach Him, asking yeah. for either His providence or His miracle, yeah, something happens. That could be an inner healing. It's an internal shift. It's a hope. It's what you know. It's like yeah. something that's. But I could see where that stuff is sort of dismissed by skeptics as mm-hmm. sort of psychological, like, sure. um, yeah, just making you feel better about yourself kind yeah, of stuff. Totally. But that's also maybe okay and good thing. Yeah. 
I, I think providence in general, in terms of, I think from a skeptic point of view, a miracle proper is actually harder for them to deal with. If you have a, a, enough evidence to show them to yeah. say, there's no reasonable way this yeah. happened. They have to deal with that. Yeah. But from a providence standpoint of how we interact with God, I think it is a lot like psychosomatic. You're just making yeah. yourself feel better. Yeah. That's the skeptic would That's say that. The, yeah. the skeptic would say that. But I think if you do believe, if you have a reasonable argument for God and you believe that God is a personal God that does interact with us, mm-hmm. then I would say the majority of the way that the world is impacted by God is through your view of providence. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and it becomes re- very important. And mm-hmm. some of the things that God does in our life is absolutely from our obedience to kind of allow his will to be made you know, as on earth as it is in heaven, right? And yeah. and allow that to become true in our life. That yeah. changing is in so many ways miraculous. You know, maybe not absolutely. in the miracle proper word, but that is absolutely miraculous yes. that well, we're able to do that. And it could be a little bit of both too, when you're talking about these different categories. So in the stories that we read yesterday of Luke five, it was the man being healed of leprosy. Mm-hmm. That's both a supernatural miracle, something changing, new data being introduced. Yeah. But it's also providence. Like his life was changed for the better. God cared for him. He understood God's love in a deep way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With that. Yeah. All miracles proper are also providence. Would be in the same category. Yeah. Right. I I would think, I would think unless it was just like all of a sudden a rock appeared over there and you're like, cool miracle, but why? I would say (laughs) you could make room for saying all of it is a miracle. Like you could say that I made a miracle shot and man, it's a miracle that God is really transforming my life and then a miracle like this is such a classic philosopher he spent 40 minutes <laughs> saying it's not what he just said and then and he then, said oh it's also this as long <laughs> as, as long as the the, the, odd, the people you're talking to know which which yes, category yes, you're yes. in yeah okay let me inter- let me introduce a, another thought and we're going long here but that's okay the idea of... no we got we got timestamps don't worry <laughs> yes we also uh, got email soon too. Jesus says you. Jesus says in John fourteen, uh-huh. he says, um, mm-hmm. "You will be able to do even greater things than I, I did." Yeah. And you listen to that, or you read that, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Jesus walked on water. That felt like mm-hmm. a miracle. There was yeah. new supernatural <gasps> data yeah. being introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus did these healings in Luke five. So like he's saying, yeah. "I can do greater things than that." Mm-hmm. Okay, can I, I just yeah, very quickly off of that. What do you think Jesus meant by that? Do you think Jesus was impressed by his ability to walk on water or hmm. impressed by his ability to heal someone? Did he think that when we, when he said greater, was he like, oh, you're going to walk on clouds? Or was he like, no, you're going to transform the world through the church, yeah. you know? Yeah. Your relationship and your love for one another is going to become contagious and to the far reaches of the world, people will see the love of Christ through your love of one another. Is I've always thought, oh, we're gonna shoot fireballs out of our hands because right. how how much better would that be? I know. But is that just a misinterpretation of what greatness yeah. of what Jesus meant by you're gonna do even greater things? Right. You know. I always think of like how the early church was known for going and how there was this infanticide thing of the first yeah. century, and they would just go throw these unwanted children yeah. into the Agora. They just like throw them like into the trash and the Christians would go and pick them up and yeah. save them. This, this orphan care of the first century. Yeah. That's like, Jesus is like, that's, that's better yeah. than me walking on water. Like who cares? Totally. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's such so, an upside down way of thinking right, about what, gr- right. what, what power is, right? right? Power Holy spirit. Is, yeah. Holy spirit and dwelling as we're approaching Pentecost. Right. Like weekend. Well, yeah. And it's yeah. also back to how to read the Bible, even John 14, 
we scale back a little bit. See, this is a theologian talking. Now. <laughs> I'm not a theologian. Yes, I'm you like are. A very you are. No, you but, are. But uh, the whole passage <laughs> there, John 14. Studies guy. John 14. <laughs> yeah, he's talking true. about the promise of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that the Advocate will exactly. come, the Helper will yes. come. So you can do greater things than I, yep. because the Spirit is constantly indwelling and filling you. And then that even leads to Paul's words, like in First Corinthians 12, where he's like. Mm-hmm. Hey, as the spirit gives you gifts, some are going to be giving the gift of healing. Some are going to be giving mm-hmm. the gift of prophecy. Some are going to be given the gift of performing miracles. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, whoa, what does that right. mean? Yeah, totally though. I think. And mercy yeah. and helps like are just right. as important like, yeah. to him. Like it yeah. doesn't, there's no categorical like significant, like there's no yeah. hierarchy yeah. of, of yeah. gifts. Right. Yeah. I think well, there's, actually I think... there's love, I guess. That's not a gift, but. <laughs> Yeah, the next chapter, First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I think uh, the misunderstanding that I often read of power in the Bible, right? Like to me, power is displayed through might, yeah. walking on water, yeah. these cool things. And I think Jesus repeatedly views power as servanthood and uh, mercy and kindness and love. You know, upside down kingdom. There's yeah. a um, a book called The Way of the Lamb and the Way of the Dragon. Hmm. By oh, yeah. That's uh, something Stro- Strobel. Uh, yeah, Kyle Strobel Kyle and Jamin Goggin. Yes, they, that is a great example of what I think what we're talking about is if you read that to understand what the way Jesus thinks about power, mm-hmm. because mir- mir- miracles seem to be a display of power, and what I think sometimes. Um, but if you begin to transform your way of thinking that power is displayed through all of these ways that Jesus does. It's going to change your way, the way you view miracles for sure. So I think, though, the miracles were not a, uh, they, they are a display of power, but they're uh, in some way, but it's a display yeah. of authority. Yeah. There you it's, go. Yeah. Right. Where like, that's what Jesus was expressing. And any even cessationist that doesn't yeah. believe that miracles can happen today, but believes in biblical miracles yeah. would actually even with that. would be much more, in, even more like just as an agreement. Okay. Right. Side, side, yeah. side note. If you could pick <clears throat> one miracle of Jesus that you could also just perform at any time. Perform? <laughs> Oh, what would you do? Oh my goodness! I already know what Eric would pick. Oh, I mean, <laughs> turn the water into wine. That's a good one. Water into just, wine would be just put Napa Valley I mean, out of business. Say, you could yeah. have a really good lucrative business that uh, way. Yeah, or yeah. a bread baking business, just cranking out loaves, cranking out loaves and fishes. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of awesome. Boop, boop, like Spider Man, like, like just loaves just shooting out of you. <laughs> Which was like pita breads, actually. I think, it, <laughs> I think it'd be to, to, to know the thoughts of those around you. Be oh, like, oh, I know yeah. what you're thinking. I know yeah. I know your argument right now. Oh, that's I know. a good one. Or the uh, ability to bring people back from the dead. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that might be that kind of nice. That'd be better than pita arms, I think. <laughs> <laughs> pita bread arms. I know, but do you think, I don't think you'd ever be able to have that one because it would no. like to upset the balance of like the universe too much. <laughs> Totally. You know, to be able to just bring everyone back from the dead that you want, and then they die again, and then you're just like, oh, back again. Like like new lives on a video game or whatever. Uh, <laughs> We've drifted into Can you total imagine fantasy. if that was your spiritual gift, how right. packed Calvary would be every week? Like, people like... Well, they do think he, like, appeared to, like, during the temptation, like, he went from the desert all of a sudden to the temple. Like, oh, it's oh yeah, like, that would be Remember, cool. like, apparating? Yeah. So, like, I think, like, that's what he did. So, I think maybe that one would be pretty cool, too. I think that one would be cool. <laughs> This is a good, this is a fun little thought experiment. Um, but I like kind of a bottom line is if you can believe in God, mm-hmm. you can believe in miracles. Yep. Even if you believe God is possible, 
you yep. can believe miracles are possible yep. today. So that's like a that was your sort of bottom line. Yeah. And then you gave that great bottom line, and then you just for some reason talked about smoothies. I just didn't understand that part. <laughs> just like bananas, <laughs> milks, and strawberries. I wanted a smoothie. Know, like right when like, he's describing that, I was like, I, know, I, I want a smoothie. I should have made a smoothie this morning before I got here to Calvary. <laughs> That was really good. Okay, we're not done, but we're 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 done with that serious part. Yes. Okay. Good job. That was amazing. Yeah. Doug, by the Doug, way, thank you. Thank no, you. Of course. Yeah. It yeah. was fun. Doug said. Um, right. <laughs> that was so shocking. I had no idea where that came from. It's like, have there been people here all along? Doug said. Uh, yeah, the curtain book. <laughs> Doug said before the the morning yesterday. He goes, "This is my favorite thing to talk about." Yeah. And you could just see you could you could just see that in you, my brother. Like it was just. Thank you. you. Yeah, it looked like you had good. joy as you were just yeah. sharing. It is fun. It's like it, one of those things where you should talk to something so talk about something so close to your heart. It's not uh, difficult. It just comes out of you, and it's love it. You were on fire too, like with the with the jokes and all that. <laughs> okay, okay. Actually, I do want to ask you. Actually, maybe even a, even more serious question. I'm sorry. This is like I actually mean this. this <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In light of your view on miracles, mm. how do you lead the organization you lead, and how Great does question. that affect you? And so. Uniquely knitted. Just mm -hmm. explain that a little bit. Yeah. This is like kind of intense. Like, this yeah. is actually intense. In yeah. I, yeah, I thought about me yes. even bringing this up as yeah. a topic if we had time. But yeah. so we run. My wife and I run Uniquely Knitted. It yes. is a nonprofit that dot works org. with people. dot org. Uniquely Knitted. dot org. <laughs> uh, works with people struggling with infertility. People who are struggling to get pregnant. Who've had miscarriages. Who are. Mm -hmm trying for years to have children and just unsuccessful. We run process groups and um, we do lots of therapeutic things. But, we, but the main thing that we do is we, we sit in groups online and we process infertility. We do uh -huh. it six weeks at a time, four months at a time. And we have a program that we take people through. But we are sitting with hundreds of people a year processing the pain and the grief of what this is like to struggle to get pregnant. Do you think it's 10 out of 10 that have at some point prayed for a miracle i think it's 10 out of 10 and yeah. i and there are people who are in our group who are openly struggling with their faith and right. you know and we talk about you know what 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 are things that are you're dealing with right now and people are oftentimes saying i just don't know how to think about god anymore because yeah. i have done everything right and mm -hmm. i have feel like i've just lived this life the way that i was supposed to and god wanted me to and now i'm mm -hmm. praying for this thing and it just feels it feels like god is saying no and I don't want this for you. And they just, they, it's just hard to make sense of how God could be like that. Yeah. Um, that's why I, we probably spent the majority of our time here talking about providence. That's you have yeah. to reconcile the way that God interacts with the world mm -hmm. because if God is up there, up there in, in mm -hmm. here, Understood. you, know, you yes. know what I mean? <laughs> um, if God is with us, just kind of in a binary fashion saying, yeah, no, yeah, no, yes. And, and sort of deciding based on the quality of your prayers. Determinism. It's like your issue with determinism. It's my issue with determinism. Yeah, is it, interesting. It, it just feels it feels frustrating. Like yes. how do I make sense of that God who's so who's choosing this negative outcome for me? And then you could make some argument. Well, maybe it'll pay off in the long run. But when you're in it, you just do not feel no, that. You yeah, know. Yeah. So I, I the way that I make sense of it is this is the way that the world is that has the most amount of mm -hmm. freedom. And the least amount of suffering, and mm. and I, it breaks my heart that f for anyone who struggles with infertility, that we are in a world where this is our reality. Mm -hmm. But I think 
understanding that this is our reality and coming to grips with it and knowing that it doesn't mean that we're lost as people or that we're cursed or that we're like, you know, doomed to wander the earth, you know, in a miserable way forever, but that we can find community and purpose and life. I think that's the mission and the heart behind it, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it all hinges on God being able to exist in a universe where bad things can happen. And Mm -hmm. I mean, so many of our people are reconciling, why do good things happen or why do bad things happen happen to good people? It's really the theology of suffering. Totally. Totally. And I I think it's, this is exactly why I brought up that that smaller version, simpler version of, of Christianity is, is great, is great. Until maybe you hit something like this and you're like, this simple version doesn't work anymore. I gotta go deeper. And that's where it's like, okay, let's pull apart. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do, why is there suffering? And, you know, why am I suffering? And those are big topics. Right. And so you, people out there could be listening to this and they have never experienced infertility. Yeah. But they've been betrayed. Totally. Or they've had a sickness of some sort that they've, you know, or disease or a, a disability that, they, that they're that they dealing with and how to live, whatever. Yeah. Any of those kind of options. Because kind of like everything you've just said about yeah. infertility is... In, it has its unique experience, but is also sort of applicable to whatever thing. Yeah. Like to process through this, like about how God views you and what is happening to you. Yeah. So everything if, that you just heard Doug say is like applicable to whatever it is that you're dealing with. Yeah. Right. And so. Absolutely. And, and I would. And you probably need a process group. <laughs> you probably need. We all need process groups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I would advocate for you to think the same thing, that there is purpose yeah. for you and yeah. that there's goodness in that there's goodness in your future and that God can still be a good God. And yet there can still be suffering. Those two are compatible. Maybe do another podcast mm-hmm. on that, but you just have to be able to give an argument where good, the God can still be good and there can still be suffering and evil in the world. And I yeah. think there are good arguments for that. It, then it's reconciling that something bad has happened to me. And yeah. then that, then you get into more of a personal emotional process yeah. Yeah. That, that you just need help walking through. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, we could go down the list. There's amazing stories of people in our church who have walked through some of the most difficult things and have still found goodness in life mm-hmm. and love and purpose. But you really need a mentor to to, yeah. to walk you through that process because it's emotionally heavy. Fellow fellow journeyer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Doug, I just and I appreciate that. It seems like what you and Jesse do is you sit with people mm-hmm. in their pain. And that feels like a recipe to lose your faith really quickly because it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. it's hard. You're just with people who are hurting and suffering and there's not easy answers to that. But I love that even that that's even something that's developed a maturing of your faith yeah. in God and not done the opposite. And yeah, I don't know how else you would be able to even continue in this as long as you've been able to do it without that making sense of it. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for asking about that. I think it's an important thing, mm-hmm. you know, because there is these things we talk about miracles. There's real world applications where you're praying desperately for God yeah. to do something for yeah. you, you know? Um, yeah, that's good. And so just for all of you, we always encourage people to check out uniquely or yeah. follow uniquely knitted on Instagram yeah. uh, would be great. You can become a uniquely committed supporter. Oh yeah, there you of, go. Uh, you can support us. Yeah, <laughs> of absolutely. Uniquely knitted, like I am. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a pleasure to support you guys. We totally believe in what you're doing. Yeah, thank um, you. Even though, as we talked about before the show started, I don't listen to your podcast because it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> so this no harm, no foul. I understand. This was humbling. So uh, you know, I think at last count we had like 150 listeners. Yeah, um, for real. <laughs> 
total. We're Dublin. We're unique Dublin today. Listeners. Doug, yeah, that's good. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Doug that's amazing. and Jessly and Knitted Podcast just crossed yeah. 250? Something like that, yeah. 250,000 yeah. downloads. Downloads. Yeah. It's incredible. 250. Yeah. 250K. It's just, I always say it's a testimony to how many people are going through it. And there's just not a lot of resources. There are some great ones, but there's not a lot. It's kind of like. It was kind of a downer when we were trying to celebrate that. And then you're like, it's just a testimony to all these hurting people. Like, I don't know. Just we're trying to celebrate. Also, you. we are <laughs> crushing it, guys. We're could crushing you, it. Could you give us a couple podcast like tips? Like, do you? Oh, do yeah. You ask oh, for, my gosh. That's a great question. Do you ask for email um, contributions? Do you have podcast sponsors? No, I like that. Do you, yeah. do you have sponsors on your podcast? No, that's one of the things that we, we have don't sponsors. have. We don't have sponsors. Be, because do you prepare? We ask people to donate, but we don't have sponsors. Do have we sponsors. do prepare more. Okay. But I'm kind of digging this just off the cuff. It was probably the most in-depth, off-the-cuff <laughs> podcast episode of all time. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, by the way, uh, today's episode of the Calvary Life podcast is being brought to you by Uniquely Knitted. There you go. Yes. Uniquely Knitted. Thank you. By the way, I don't. if you've not listened to one no, of our No, I have. I know it's coming next. Don't worry. <laughs> there, it, there's payment required now. A, a large payment <laughs> is coming. We need a hat, a sweatshirt. <laughs> Something we will be paying magnets. you in swag. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is what we need. We need Doug with his 250,000 listeners to, to bring give you a reference on. to oh, yeah, the Calvary we, Life Pod. I mean, yeah, as go. much of a promotion for the Calvary Life podcast as we just gave the uniquely knitted. That's one. what that's at least what you deserve. <laughs> so, I just want in the middle of your podcast to be like, guys, this reminds me of the Calvary Life podcast. And then, what I want is you two to film a full on one minute commercial that I will air in the middle of. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I take it back. I take it back. We'll come to your studio and do it even. Uh, yeah, and he has the coolest office, too, in the world. Oh, in the uh, orange circle. Yeah. Overlooking the Second plaza floor. itself. Yeah. It is. Uh, sometimes I just long to be invited up there. Like, I'll be in the orange circle. I just walked up there. cold <laughs> cup of coffee, and I'll be like, Doug. I'll just kind of shout from the plaza, like, Doug. It does have a, it has a full on Great Gatsby vibe to it. It's just looking yes. down over the people, you know? Oh man, the Pavels <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, you know? All right. We got to get to the emails. We're almost at an hour and a half. So we're yeah. going to uh, no, go good. ahead. We have two emails. <laughs> we are hyped for this. Let's go. Let me turn that off. Good grief. Uh, but podcast at calvarylife.org. You please email us. Remember, even if it's just out of making us less depressed than we are in our regular <laughs> like podcasting life, just to help you know, help meet our emotional need for approval. We're very needy. <laughs> okay. So we got the first one from Angie. Angie Russell. I I know you, Angie. I've read your last name a million times, but you know that moment where you're like, yeah. I've never actually said her last name nor heard it out loud. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, you're amazing. We think you're great. But she says, what a wonderful sermon. <gasps> Was that from this week? Yes. Oh, wow. Wait, 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 wait. What's that? Yesterday. No, no. Speaking of timestamp, because I spoke the week before. Oh, no. So <laughs> this was 1.21 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> Pretty much as like reactive to Doug as possible. <laughs> By the way, yeah. Anyway, what a wonderful sermon. I always run when I hear the word philosophy, oh. but was engaged the whole time 
even Boom. though my brain was hurting. There we go. Yes. Angie, right? Oh, I'm Angie. so grateful for Think you, deeply. Angie. It is complicated material and comes down to belief and faith. I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast. Yes. Well, you, well I hopefully we just didn't disappoint. <laughs> Unless you turned it off, Angie, you won't know that. Uh... Well, Angie told me that she gardens and listens to the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she's oh. probably weeded the entire back and front yards after yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. I wonder if we've made the gardening better or worse. <laughs> Just all everything got trimmed too or much. None or... of the gardening happened because or... she fell asleep in the backyard. <laughs> uh, Angie, thank you so much. That means so much. Okay. Now this one. <laughs> oh no, I'm worried. This was from Danny Bonilla, which is funny because he's responding to our barber suggestions that we gave a okay. couple podcasts ago. I forget okay. when or whatever. But he says, "Hey guys, I don't know. I just feel like it's funny because he's just like." Basically, I'm trying to determine if I should read this or not. He just says his barber and he likes him. No, it, Danny took the time. Danny took the time to write an email. I think we should honor his time. All right, all right. And He's, Doug, Doug gonna, needs a barber. Doug yeah, needs well, a. I do. And it's in orange. Okay, so oh, there you go. There you go. He says, "I go to Gino's custom haircuts in orange. Been going to him for 20 years. Don't think that he can sponsor you though." Yeah. <laughs> wow. But Danny, just so you know, it's too late. It has been promoted. This is the way it works on the this podcast. The contract has already been yes. signed. <laughs> Once we've said the words, we are owed something. Yes. Okay? So this is either up to Gino or you, Danny. This is on you. I would say, too, uh, Danny has a very nice head of hair. Yeah. And he's a yeah. Hollywood man. He's, a, he's He works, works in, the, in Hollywood. In needs the to have his hair TV tight. industry. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 That's impressive. I mean, behind the camera, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll like that actually. <laughs> All right. Um, those are our emails. I also had a text message Whoa, from Murray. No, from, oh, okay. well, yeah, that just came in too. Cause we're way past our time. She's like, are you picking up the kids? Oh yeah. Um, so someone wrote, we talked about passion yesterday. Oh yeah. And then the whole sermon was on logic. <laughs> How did, how do you reconcile those two I things? I know, I know. That's your fault because you decided to add that whole thing on passion before the sermon. So the way I would that way one of our values at Calvary is we're passionate about digging holes in roofs. Yeah. And yeah. Little Jesus. Yeah. But I think you can be passionate about logic. I think you have to be passionate or else you'll give up. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's good. That's my answer. Yeah. Uh, but halfway in you'd give up. You, there's gotta be right. some passion there. Right. That's true. There was a total expression of passion too. Like Doug was passionate about philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. He picked that up. Even if you sort of hated it, you knew that Doug was passionate about philosophy yeah. of yeah. Christ, like philosophy of Christianity and specifically the resurrection as he like went on to help give some proofs for yeah, that. That was yeah. great. So yeah. yeah, if you haven't listened to that, listen to it. Um, you're going to love it. I listened to it in a, um, at gate uh, B 17 in the Denver airport <laughs> the waiting haunted, for my flight. The haunted, <laughs> the haunted speaking of supernatural. I just brought, yeah, I brought the gospel from Doug uh, <laughs> into the haunted Denver airport. But um, yeah. So thank you so much for having me. This is so yeah. wonderful. I, I, I feel like I have to come back. There's more to talk about. I mean, we could totally come back. We could just do a way deeper dive into Molinism. Yeah. All, and you gave just in the middle of this whole thing on miracles, Matt's just suffering over there. Uh, <laughs> just my favorite thing, right? That was incredible. But we can talk about, all sorts of good stuff, but thank yeah. you to you, Matt Doan. Oh, yeah. And Round thank you to you, Doug Brown. Okay, I'll take it. Yep. We appreciate you. Podcast at calvarylife.org. We must get your emails soon, please. And thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. 
Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.